It is the Incredible Hulk podcast. On this episode, we are talking to Sammy Bennett, and she and I have been um, work colleagues and friends for the last, call it 10 years for easy math. Uh, and recently, and as recently as January, um, she did something incredible. She scaled Mount Kilimanjaro, which if you are unaware, is the largest freestanding mountain on the planet. And she did it um, as the first mountain that she was going to climb. So um, she's an incredible human being and incredibly positive and uplifting. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. Without further ado, a new episode of the Incredible Halt podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Don't tell television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Hulk. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. How are you? I'm good. I've never used Teams before, so that was new. Yeah, um, the I think the link is sort of confusing in a very Microsoft sort of way, but... Um, it sounds way better than the than the phone so no 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 offense to your employer but it sounds much better than than the phone (laughs) nope that's okay (laughs) so so how are you what's what's going on right now i mean you're obviously quarantined like the rest of us what is what's the what's day-to-day like for you Uh, yeah well um i actually accepted a a full-time job last what was it almost two weeks ago now. Um, so I'm training, I'm doing remote training. Our team is able to actually function fully remote, which is great for me. I was actually supposed to start this job early April. Um, but they decided with me having extra time and being quarantined that sure. might as well jump on and start training now. Is, so this, is this with Apple? I'm doing that. Yes. Uh, it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm actually staying with Apple right now. So another, you know, great thing to say about them. They're paying us right now, even That's though awesome. we're closed. Yeah, which is great. Um, so I don't want to take advantage of that. So I'm still going to stick around with them for a little while. And my new boss is, you know, very understanding of that. Um, but my responsibility right now with Apple is just checking in two times a week and then um, on a conference call. So everything cool. else, my time has been dedicated to just training for this new role. Awesome. So I, I'm obviously checking in with friends of mine to see how um, being locked in a house by yourself for now 17 days, um, it, you know, is sort of affecting one's uh, mental fortitude. But with you, I sort of wanted to go back a little bit and we can circle back to present day, Sammy. You know, earlier this year, you did something that is nothing short of incredible. And so I, I want to talk about Kilimanjaro and like what that whole process was like and um you know, the, the, the training for it, the climbing and, you know, just like the whole process. So can you take me back to when a, when you decide that, Hey, you know, it's a good idea in 2020, I'm going to climb the tallest freestanding mountain on the planet. That seems like a fun thing with all of my mountain climbing experience, which I think was zero, right? Yeah. Zero. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't know at the time, um, that I was going to do this like at all. Um, when I, first found the program. It's a leadership program called Mountains and Marathons. My intention was it to just do a, a marathon because I had done one uh, the previous year and I, I really hated it. And it really bothered me because I love running. I love being adventurous and active. 
Um, so I thought maybe with a leadership program and some support with some coaches that I could have a different experience. But then I jumped on the call and they were like, well, our next retreat is Kilimanjaro in January. And we start, I was talking to them in July and we start next month in August. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and it, it was kind of scary for me at first because this is very out of my character to just say yes to something, especially with two strangers that live in Australia. And I have no idea what their company is or what it is that their, their goals are. But I think that was part of my, this transformation of just needing to say yes and taking a leap of faith and not really knowing, um, but knowing that it was going to lead me down a different path. Cause I just, I wasn't happy in my career. I wasn't happy with the things that, you know, usually bring me joy, which was running and being active. And so I started that program in August and it has absolutely changed my life. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty cool. And so what was the, what is it when one decides to do that? What is, what's the train you start in August? What do you start doing aside from, so pr- always, aside from praying? What do you start doing? <laughs> yeah. So this was, uh, like the physical side was, I was excited and I knew that challenge was going to be great for me. Be, I have a, had a fitness coach that, uh, this is a hundred percent remote program. So I had a fitness coach who lives in Colorado and we would do two week check-ins and he put a program together for me. That stuff was, I was excited and, and ready to take on. It was the mental stuff that I had to face throughout the program with my other two coaches weekly that was a bit more challenging for me. But the preparation was just, you know, they, they set, set some goals that you want to accomplish between now and the end of the program. And they don't have to be physical goals. They can be, you know, mental ones too. And so each week we would have hard conversations. They were like life coaches in a way, in, sure. in a sense, kind of therapists for me. And, um, you know, I, I reconnected with family and friends in ways that I, I hadn't been able to do in forever. And I quit my job within the program, started working at Apple part time, made time to just really work on myself, but then got to do the things that I love to do and fall back in love with, you know, running and, and adventuring. So the physical training was a lot of, I mean, as you know, Michigan is pretty flat. So I was on the Belknap stairs uh, weekly, usually every Sunday for about two to three hours, um, just because my I worked weekends, so I had to get to work, so I didn't have time to go explore some of these other great trails that we have. But I did get out to PJ Hoffmaster a couple times, and uh, like Holland, I did a couple of dunes. But yeah, it was a lot of running, biking, um, stairs for obnoxious amounts of hours with a backpack on my back, and yeah, check-ins with my coaches. I mean, I was on calls probably about six hours a week with between my nutritionist, fitness coach, and my uh, my two regular coaches. So wow. it was a pretty time commit, like huge time commitment. I'd say it was. It would have been very hard for me to have had a full-time job and do the part-time job to pay for the program and do the program. It just wouldn't have been possible. That's awesome. And so let's let's fast forward a little bit, right? You get to January. You're getting on a plane to go to Africa, like. What's, mm-hmm. what's going through your head? I mean, you've done all of this training, physical and mental, but you still have to do the, th- the thing, right? And what I, what I found so interesting about your story and why I wanted to have some time to talk to you, you and I have been trying to do this podcast for shit, I don't know, three months at this point, <laughs> um, you know, is <clears throat> your training, like you said, everything was virtual. Even the, the training you did in the real world was virtual. The Belknap stairs, for those of you who aren't in Grand Rapids, are straight up and down, but they are not a mountain, Right. So you're getting on the plane. What, what, where's your head at? What do you, what's the excitement level? Like what, what is, what are you doing? It was, it's so weird because normally I feel like I would be so anxious and like the unknown always scared me. But for some reason, I just, I didn't know if I trained enough. My coach said that I was like fit ready. Um, 
but it was the mental stuff that I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Like live on a mountain for seven days with these strangers that I've only seen on a computer screen. So I thought I was going to go into a lot more anxious, especially traveling alone. I've never, I've never traveled this far alone before any adventures I've ever been on. I've had close friends or family with me. Um, but weirdly enough, as soon as I got dropped off at the airport, my anxiety levels were like absolutely zero. I, I had no one to please. I had no one to turn to to ask, you know, what their opinion was or what they wanted to have for breakfast. It was all about my decisions and what I wanted to do. And there was something really like freeing for me in that moment. And I finished books, uh, you know, on the plane, things that I just been like wanting to do that I just, for some reason, my anxious mind and my day to day just doesn't allow me to do. Um, so it was, a, it was really great for me. And as soon as I got to the hotel, which was about a 27 hour transit between, you know, my four different flights. And I saw my coaches, it was just the coolest feeling in the world to see them in real life and just gave them like the biggest hugs. And I felt, I felt at home. I, I was, I was ready. And so obviously when you're telling a story like this, you've, you've got to tell the, the climbing part, right? So you guys set yeah. up for, for anyone who hasn't done this, essentially there's a base camp and then you, you ascend, right. Is sort of the, the elevator pitch of how to climb a mountain. Yes. Right. But so yeah. seven days, what is, what is the day to day look like when you're trying to scale 20,000 feet in the air? I mean, 19,000 yeah. and some change, but let's call it 20,000 for the sake of easy math. Yeah. I think 20,000 sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it was interesting. And this surprised me too, because I didn't want to do any, any research beforehand. I really didn't want to have any kind of preconceived notions to create anxiety for myself. So I just trusted my coaches and what was interesting was that we we started at about 5,000 feet of elevation. That was kind of the, the gate starting point. We went through a, three different ecosystems, but we would typically it would be like a six to seven hour day of hiking um, aside from summit night. But there were a couple of days where we would we would climb up and then we would climb back down to sleep at about the same elevation that we were at the night before just so that we could acclimate. Got it. So, that, you know, we did the Machame route and there's different routes. This took us seven days. There's routes that take eight or nine. And then there's like really crazy people that do it in like three or four. Um, but just for the sake of our different like athletics levels and things like that and just uh, altitude sickness issues we did this route, which I think was really cool. So we went through like the rainforest on day one. And then we were like through kind of like a desolate, more deserty. And then as you can imagine, as you get to the top, it gets colder and colder. And it was just like ice and just crazy temperatures. So we went from like 80 degrees to the last day being like negative 10. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And... Uh, but about seven to eight hours was like a normal day of hiking average wise. And did you experience any altitude sickness or were you, did was it pretty... I wouldn't say easy. I don't mean that at all. But like, as far as like the external things that could mess with your climb, was it, how was it for you? For me, it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad as I saw it was for others. I, but I'm a, I'd like to say a rule follower. Um, my best friend likes to tell me I'm a goal setter, but my coach has told me to do something and I just was like, okay, I'll do it. So they were like, drink a ton of water, like eat food, even when you're not hungry. So I was just like chugging water the whole time eating and eating more food than I've ever eaten in my entire life. And I, <laughs> I, was, I was okay. I, I did, I did fine. Um, I was taking Diamox, which is a preventative for altitude sickness, but some people in our group did experience it. Um, and it was not fun to watch. So I'm very thankful I didn't have those symptoms. And so day seven, or I'm sure partly through day six is as you're heading into summit day, if I'm kind of guessing the timeline, right? What, mm -hmm. what's going through the, how's, what's the group like at that point? 
we're pretty tired and exhausted. We had gone through a couple of days of just nonstop rain. And as you get higher, it's colder. So nothing dries. So your clothes are wet, your tent's wet. I mean, you're sleeping in a wet sleeping bag. And so we're, we were pretty defeated at that point. But I think we were just ready to get to the top at that point. We were like, oh, let's just do this. This is what we came to do. Um, and it was kind of mentally a, a weird feeling, too, because we had hiked, I think it was like five hours that day. And then we had dinner. And then we basically went to bed at like seven o'clock and had a wake up call at 11 p.m. because we started our summit at, at uh, midnight. So wow, that was kind of a trippy feeling of being like we already hiked. We just slept from 7 p.m. to 11. And now we have a 15 hour day ahead of us because you summit and then you have to climb back down and then get back down to elevation, uh, reacclimate. And then, yeah, you'd sleep and then you you'd go. <laughs> wow. And then obviously it's incredible, right? The photo that you have on Facebook is nothing short of breathtaking. So I can imagine what that moment is like, but can you describe it? It was, it was crazy because I felt a little like delusional sleep deprived. I mean, I just hiked in the middle of the night and then watched the sunset and it's like, I'm above the clouds. So it's almost like it's so pitch black that you can't see anything except headlights. And then all of a sudden the sun comes up and you're like, Oh, I'm like, I'm looking at views that I would typically see from an airplane window. So it was almost like feel real at all. And it was, it was just, I mean, I instantly burst into tears and I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person, like kind of sensitive. So I kind of anticipated that, but it was just, it was crazy to see. And like everyone's faces, we all just kind of like dropped down to the ground or like, I mean, the air was super thin, so we couldn't breathe. Um, and they were like, you guys have like 15 minutes or 20 minutes up here to get your photos because we have to get back down. The air is so thin and, you know, experience some issues with oxygen levels. So it was kind of like a quick moment of like, okay, this was amazing. This is awesome. And then now we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so fast forward to you get back to, we'll call it the real world. Right. And, and now we're, now we're here. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is because you've sort of already gone through, um, a virtual learning class training in isolation you're doing something that seems nearly impossible. And I'm wondering how you're feeling today. Like each day that you've, you've got to approach this, I know you have a, a goal in front of you, which I think is super important when we're going through something like this, that you have something to get up for. But, mm -hmm. what, you know, how are you feeling mentally? You know, I've checked in with a couple of people. And, you know, if you listen to any of the podcasts, it goes one way or the other. Some people are doing totally fine. Some people not so much. Right. So I, I'm interested, given what you've gone through in the last five months, you seem more well-suited for something like this. Not that one should be well-suited for something like this, but you seem like you might have some tips. Yeah, I will say I'm actually enjoying it. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because the last seven months I was literally going from job, like training, I get up in the morning gym, I pack my lunch and my breakfast for the day, go to the job. And then I'd come home and I would either jump on a call or you know, be writing for my blog or just anything. Like I never, I really just felt like I never stopped in retail hours. You work on the weekend. So my friends are doing, you know, a lot of social outings and doing things. I'm going to work or going to bed because I know I have early mornings. So, and this didn't really stop when I got back because I was so focused on, you know, figuring out, you know, what my next step was going to be for my career that I was setting up networking meetings. And um, my coaches are still, we're still, we still have calls. Like there's still support in a program after the program. And so I'm, I reach out to them still and we, so it just didn't stop for me. So this has been nice to, to kind of take a minute. One, I, I just accepted a full-time job, which I'm super excited about. So awesome. that was a goal of mine. 
after this. Um, but to be able to be remote was a huge factor as well. And I just had time to slow down. Like last weekend, I got to just spend a time, you know, relaxing and reading and I'm training for races, even though most of them have been postponed, but still going to keep up on that. But just having the choice to, to do what I want to do right now and not have to be like running from point A to point B and meal prepping and all that has been a good change of pace for me mentally. Awesome. And so, you know, um, I try and keep these to around 20, 25 minutes so people can kind of listen to them in one sitting. So the last question I'm going to ask you, um, will go all the way back into the middle of 2019. Um, because I've obviously known you for right around a decade, right? And so when you say something like, it was really antithetical to me to just say yes to random things that I don't have control over, that's almost the biggest understatement in the last 20 minutes of, <laughs> of you speaking, right? And so if you've had a moment, and you might have, do you have any idea what was the thing that pulled you to say yes and how someone else can kind of take that advice? And because and, what I'm trying to do right now, and this is the point of the question, is I'm trying to encourage people to do stuff that they wouldn't normally do right now just to keep their mind active. Have you ever thought about trying to go do photography or start drawing or write a book or whatever so that you have something that can kind of keep your mind active when you might be in complete isolation, right? Like I depending on the day, luckily have a house full of, of people, right? <laughs> um, so it's not as lonely as if it's one person. And so go back to that moment. Do you, do you have any idea why you said yes? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, my I was not happy in my job and I didn't have any idea of what direction I wanted to go. My mental health wasn't, wasn't so great. And the things that I typically would normally do in relationships in my life that meant so much to me, I was just struggling with. And for me, my, my outlet's always been exercise and activity or travel and adventure. And I would be always the play safe person that was like, you know, this little routine and this little bubble that I've lived in is good, but I was just not a happy person. And I'm like, you know, the one thing that I can do right now is say yes to this, even though I know I don't have the money, but this is going to be a challenge for me. It's something that I need to figure out how to step outside of this bubble and make some serious changes. And just the the lens that I now see and a possibility of of just le leaning into that. Yeah, if you want to be, you know, check out photography or if you've been thinking about doing that thing forever, like time to me now is kind of infinite where before it was like there's not, not enough time to do anything. Um, so when I started to look at things that way, it, it changed the no, I'm not going to do something because it feels a little out of my comfort zone to just, yes, this is going to suck about probably more than it is going to be great. But what's going to be on the other end of that? is a lifetime of amazing results and, you know, positive outcomes. And so far that seemed to be pretty true the last seven months for me. I, things are happening for me and falling into place in ways that I have been like dying to, to figure out and know for probably a few years now. Awesome. Sammy, I hope you're well. Stay healthy <laughs> and stay safe and we'll check in soon. Thanks, Eric. It's good to see you. See ya. Well, talk ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.